Hello, everyone, and welcome to One for All, a weekly podcast where one married couple rewatches and reviews the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Tanner. And I'm your other host, Nancy. And today we're going to be discussing episode number eight, Bakugo's start line. I've had a lot of start line. Mm-hmm. Start line episodes. What What's the opposite of a start line? A finish line? Uh, yes, hon, the finish line. The finish line. <laughs> I can think. That's okay. I can, it's, va- it's, va- just, just take some of your coffee. It's, it's vacation episode. Oh, that's true. And so my brain is mush because I haven't had to use it for jack all today mm-hmm. <laughs> uh which was wonderful which brings us to how are we doing i'm doing great i'm not at work it's lot aw- it's awesome oh that's good i am also not at work but i'm usually not at work when we're recording these episodes i record from work <laughs> okay <laughs> no i don't I, I absolutely do not but you did have work today yes i did but it was a good day i was just lazy and played pokemon and did art mm-hmm. pokemon and art well, that sounds pretty good too. It was it was very wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't come here necessarily to talk about our great week of vacation that's coming up. Though it mm-hmm. is coming up, we came here to talk about an episode that I honestly remember very little about. I believe there is an awkward scene where Deku somehow cares about Bakugo's feelings, even though he's a total dickhead and is like, "I didn't lie to you," and. It doesn't make him feel any better? I don't know what the point of that scene is, but I'm pretty sure it's in this episode. The rest of it's a mystery. Yeah, I don't remember very much about this episode either, which to me indicates that it's kind of fillery, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, sometimes in these more fillery episodes, you get some nice character moments and stuff like this, but I honestly can't recall what's in this one. Mm, well... I guess we're going to find out then. I don't think I did a good job of hyping people up for this episode. Get hyped, guys. We don't know what's going on in this episode. That means it's all fucking new to us. Mystery. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go watch it right now. We'll see you in a bit. All right, and we're back. And we're both laughing because my wife was making a face at me as we waited to talk on the mic. God damn it. Um... We just watched the episode. Yeah. I remember more about it now. And I also remember why it wasn't memorable. I don't think it was a bad episode. I feel like it did some... It set up some necessary things and established some things. But it's um, it's definitely not as action-packed as we've gotten used to this season, I would say. Yeah, that's true. They, they also like introduced a bunch of people rapid-fire whose names I can't even remember because they were... It was seconds of yeah. time. It was just like, I'm this person. Like, in the greater context of the show, I know who they are, but their names are just like, mm-hmm. poof, and gone again. But we start off our episode with the the weekly recap uh, from last week, where we get the, the end of the fight between Deku and Bakugo, and Ochacho securing the weapon, and all that good stuff. And we get the aftermath yeah. of that. So we see... Deku getting taken away on a stretcher by tiny robots. And we see Bakugo just shocked. He has a complete and total fucking ego crash. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, oh, my God, what would happen if we fought earnestly? And this wasn't just training. Like, as if. Mm -hmm. As fucking if he even has to worry about that. Deku left on a fucking stretcher. Yeah. And that's something that's pointed out in the next scene, actually. 
where, you know, All Might gathers everyone together and they're like, so who do you think won, basically? Like, we know that the hero team won the challenge, but who do you think did the best job? And he mentions Tenya. Uh, And he asked the class and a girl who's not wearing a lot of clothing... (laughs) Uh, and that we don't know her yet. Oh, we actually were her name this scene. Momo. Momo. Momo stands up and she points out that, you know, Tenya wins because he's the one that basically did the exercise the best. Yeah, he did the right thing. He guarded the mm-hmm. weapon while Bakugo ran off on his own to settle a personal grudge. Yeah. Bakugo used really destructive power in close quarters. Mm-hmm. Deku did something extremely reckless yeah. to, to win and got himself really hurt. And Ochajo didn't take it seriously and laughed in the middle of it and got fucking caught mm-hmm. and also was very reckless with her final attack. So and by like, the end, she was, you thr- know, puking on the floor. Puking basically. all the rainbows. All the rainbows. So, yeah. So basically, Bakugo and Deku were just too caught up in their own bullshit. And had it been like a real event like, like this, um, it would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. If it had been a, a real event, they might have secured the the missile, but mm-hmm. Deku would have gotten killed. He was totally helpless mm-hmm. at that point. And perhaps Ochako would have set off the missile in her big hug at the end. So it, they won, but they didn't win. Yeah, they, they won the exercise, but they did not do it within the spirit of, of the exercise. Ochako, who's there... She looks pretty ashamed as this is being described, and uh, Bakugo is still having his complete and total ego crash. He's yep. totally quiet as somebody sums up all of his stupidity yep. for him in front of the class, which is super kind. Yeah, I mean, no, it, <laughs> it wasn't. And when we learn who this, who Momo is, they mentioned that she was one of the students that was let in on recommendations. So basically, she didn't have to pass the test. That, you know, she has sort of exceptional things about her that she was able to get in other ways. They use the next couple minutes to take you through very quick and not always fully resolved little events of Mm -hmm. the other teams doing their thing. I think it's more than anything else meant to show you what their powers are. Because in a few episodes, that's going to become important. Yeah, we, we got a good look at Tape Guy. Saro. (laughs) <laughs> who shoots shoots tape from his elbows. Mm-hmm. We we got to see Momo's power briefly, but not really it explained. No. If you just watch this episode, you would think that her uh, talent was masonry yep. or building... Making walls. Bu- making walls. <laughs> uh, it's not, as we'll come to learn later. We don't learn anything about Mineta, who's the tiny pervert yeah. with the, the gray hair. Mm-hmm. No, nothing about him. Uh, we do see... The, the guy who hardens his body all the time. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down somewhere, didn't I? I, uh, I don't know. No, I forgot. I like him a lot, so I feel bad that I can't Har- remember his name. Harden, man. Yeah, um, uh, the guy with the red hair who um, can can turn it, can basically turn into Luke Cage and make his skin almost impenetrable. We see someone that can uh, shoot acid out of her hands. That seems super safe. It is not safe. <laughs> and she, she uses it to skate around. Yeah. What, what we're really doing with this scene is, yes, we're introducing these characters briefly and showing the audience their powers, but it's, it's really a showcase of another character who is really important to the show overall, which is Shoto Todoroki. Yes. Um, in his season one, Ice Cyborg form, which, spoilers, we won't fucking see again after this season. No, he looks different from now on, which I think is a good choice. He keeps 
he continues to be drawn this way through the end of season one. And then in season two, they never fully ice up half of his body. Mm-hmm. Probably because it's a pain in the ass to draw. It also doesn't look as good. He looks real weird. Yeah. I, you know, I forgot until we started this rewatch how long it takes to really introduce him as a character. Given how important that he becomes. Especially in season two. Like he's... I mean, he's not as important as, like, Deku or Bakugo, but he's one of the most important characters in the series. I would argue that, you know, Bakugo and Deku are the main characters, but he's so close to being in that category. Like, Mm -hmm. they're the big three. Yeah, and you can see in the scene where they're showing him sort of, you know, working with his team to secure the weapon. Um, They spend the most time on him. And everyone's really impressed at the fact that he can create these powerful walls of ice and afterwards create heat um, to sort of dispel the ice so they don't really explain it in detail. Um, And when Bakugo sees this, he's just overwhelmed. Like, he's like, oh God, this, this guy is legit. Yeah, this guy didn't even have to try. No, he just sort of, he walked in there and he was able to win without getting hurt or really getting anyone else hurt can we talk a minute for the poor girl whose quirk is invisibility and is just naked all the time yeah that sucks (laughs) it'd be so cold yeah i i um i really hope that her quirk also comes with like some imperviousness to cold or you know built-in spf or something like that like how would you know if she had skin cancer she's invisible so yeah, at the end of these this uh, whirlwind of events, we see the the end of the exercise where All Might's like, "Good job, everybody!" And the only real injury was Deku. Great Good job! <laughs> but I now have to go talk with him right now. Run away! And he runs off because he's out of time. He's gonna turn into Sir Skeletor. He's gonna turn into Skeletor. And you could tell at this moment he he feels bad about it because. He realizes that Bakugo is having a problem and he needs support and All Might can't be for him in that moment because he's shrinking. Yep. He's about to... He's He's reached his two-hour limit. Yep. And it it seems like his limit is getting shorter. Yep. Because he's like, oh my God, like if I teach a class, like I barely have enough time Mm -hmm. to to do this. We get his patented shit Shit. uh, (laughs) in the elevator, which is fantastic he does go to check on deku he talks to the recovery girl who explains that deku is not fully healed because he's in here like every fucking day yo she said he's already been here three times and that's pretty serious and like she even calls all might out on this she's like you let this go too far and he's like well basically like i wanted him to have a chance to prove himself which i get where he's coming from but if you look at the results it's not good and she uh, looks at him and, and says, like, I know that you gave your powers to him and that you like him a lot, but you can't play favorites and don't, like, fuck this kid up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't talk about my super secret <laughs> that's known by this person, this person, this person, this person. All right, I'm going to go on a rant right now. This super secret <laughs> secret that he's like, Deku, it's super important that... Nobody ever knows about me or that I'm Batman. Like, that's the fucking conversation he has with Deku. And it turns out that the principal knows. Deku knows. Recovery Girl knows. uh, And then he says, like, one other person knows. But we know that that's not correct. Because (laughs) there are other characters that we meet Mm -hmm. 
later, at least one that we know of for sure, and I think two that that know, not to mention the big bad who we haven't met. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, like, he, he specifies that only some people know about the specifics behind... Uh, one for all. But all of the staff knows about his injury at the school. Yeah, so, they would have to because yeah. he can be in muscle form all he the can. time. He can. Like, you know, he would be constantly passing out in teacher meetings. Yep. So. But yeah, we know that more people know about his secret than he lays out here. And I feel like that's a, a retcon, like, later yeah. on. Yeah. Like, that they were like, oh, someone else needs to know. But, well, it wouldn't be a superhero title if we didn't have one ridiculous retcon. And this isn't that bad. <laughs> well, the list gets bigger, like, every season. They're like, and this person knew. It's like, this is the worst kept secret in the fucking world. <laughs> like, you get, I, I get it. You're telling the... 15 year old or whatever don't go tell people that's probably a good thing but Mm -hmm. it's not that secret Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought that was interesting and i i was wondering at the time who the fourth character is we see the silhouette yeah we do and i think i know who it is based off of the silhouette and is not the person that we learn knows sooner Mm -hmm. he has a moment where he's like if people knew everything would be bad and Mm -hmm. she's just like yeah yeah natural born hero mr (laughs) Symbol of peace. You have a good fucking day. I like recovery, girl. She cracks me up. She's a sassy old lady. Mm-hmm. And she isn't intimidated at all. Like, everyone else is like, oh my god, all might. They're in awe. And she's like, Psh. He went to fucking school there. <laughs> yeah. She, she was probably there when he was there with probably. no powers. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Deku wakes up uh, after having, like, dream flashbacks of the last couple episodes to take up episode time. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, shit, there's not that much going on in this episode. We need to show flashbacks of him, him you know, getting the warnings pa- and get those powers. And, yeah. Somewhere at the animation studio, someone's like, Jerry? Jerry? We're running out of money for this episode. <laughs> we need we need one and a half more minutes. <laughs> uh, and so we have one and a half minutes of, of flashback material before he wakes up. In the hospital room or the nurse's office mm-hmm. or whatever we want to call it. And he gets his ass up and goes back to class and everyone's like, you are the best! And it's kind of a cute scene, especially when you think about the fact that, you know, we didn't have any friends before. And now clearly everyone wants to be his friend. They're all rushing up to him and introducing themselves. That's when we start to learn everyone's name, which I have already forgotten. And there's an amusing scene. There's a guy with um, kind of like lightning abilities. He comes in with Ochako, and he's clearly trying to, like, ask her out on a date or something like that. She's like, hey, do you want to get food sometime? And she's listening to him, and then she sees Deku there, and she's like, oh! And she just rushes over and completely ignores him, which is kind of funny. We, we, we heart them. We heart them. We heart them, <laughs> and nothing will ever come of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're the saddest. Yes. Um, but yeah, we get to meet all these people mm-hmm. uh, who we don't remember except for their powers and what they do. Uh, and we get to see Ida tell people not to sit on their desks. Yes. On, on top of their desks. Because he's super intense he's, again. <laughs> with his hands yes. flying everywhere. And while all this is going on, Deku realizes that Bakugo isn't in the room. It's like, but where is my mortal enemy? And mm-hmm. they're like, he stomped off after class. And so Deku runs after him because for whatever reason, this poor boy feels bad that... Mm-hmm his frenemy might think that he lied to him all these years and he's having a moral quandary and he can't handle it. So he runs down to tell Bakugo that the secret he's not supposed to tell anybody. Admittedly, he doesn't give him specifics. It's similar to how like all the teachers know about, 
you know, All Might's weakness, but they don't know about One for All. He tells him that he basically is running off of borrowed power. Like, someone gave him his ability. So it wasn't like he was lying to him all those years. Yep. And... Uh, he goes on this thing about how he's going to make his power his own and one day he's going to beat him like this. He didn't really mean to go on this rant. He's just Deku and he he rambles. But Bakugo is really upset. He's crying and he's like, you beat me today. Stop making excuses. Blah, blah, blah. Because he is the most fragile fucking snowflake Mm -hmm. in the universe. Like, he saw that other people in the world had talent and he's having a full-on emotional meltdown about Mm -hmm. it. And it is the worst. And not only is it the worst, where he's like, oh, I'm so sad, I'm so pathetic, blah, blah, blah. He is also angry and is like, I'm going to beat the shit out of all of you because I'm the greatest. Yeah, he definitely uh, has, what is it, big fish in a little pond syndrome. Like, you see that sometimes when you get the person that was the smartest person in their high school, and then they go to a college where everyone was the smartest person in their high school. Because this is a very competitive school. And he realizes, you know, he mentions looking at that ice guy, Todoroki, that he can't beat him. He's not there. Yeah, he's like, I don't know how I would beat that guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is a, a five-minute angry, screaming, crying meltdown mm-hmm. from this boy who has nothing to scream or cry about. He's so talented, it's sickening. And yeah. he's like, I, he may, yeah, it's the worst. I, I hate it. I feel no sympathy for him. And then we have All Might rushing in finally to comfort this poor boy that he feels this sense of responsibility for. And Bakugu just brushes him off, um, which is kind of rude. Yeah. Also, symbol of peace and all that. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to be better than you without you telling me I have to. Mm-hmm. Stomp home. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much the fucking end of the episode. There's only like one little exchange where All Might's like, what were you talking about with Bakugo, And Jack was like, shit, <laughs> I shouldn't have said even that. Yeah, and then we, we roll to credits. What did, what did you think about this episode? Um, To be honest, it's probably my least favorite of the season so far. I feel like things that happened in this ha- episode needed to happen. We needed to see more of these characters and learn more about them, um, especially before we get into some of the final arc stuff. So I think that's important. Obviously, I thought I also thought it was important that we also have it driven home, you know, how dangerous All for One is again. Like, I know it seems like... One for All. One, I'm sorry. One for All is again. I know it seems like it's con- they're constantly driving that home, but we need to know that Deku can't just constantly be using this power as he needs to find more ways to adapt. It, and they're, they're not going to just let him sort of have an easy way out. Yeah, uh, that that's very true. This episode comes very close to bumping off Cleaning Beach as my least favorite <laughs> episode of the season. It isn't just because we get to see some of those other powers being used, and I think that is interesting. Mm-hmm. We get to meet those characters a little bit, even if it's only for a couple seconds, yeah. which I think is really cool. Half the fun of watching a hero show is getting to see all the different, different powers things and how they work against do. each other. Yeah, I did not like this episode for our toxic... Toxic Boy Meltdown, did not appreciate, yeah. 1 of 10, did not like, would not recommend. But it's also such a fucking shonen thing to do, because you have these two characters squaring off against each other, being like, I'm going to show you that I'm more powerful, I'm going to show you that I'm more powerful. I mean, that's just, it's very, I mean, we talk about how this is influenced by Naruto, and that feels like 
You know, Ruto and Sasuke. It sure does, but you know what Sasuke wouldn't have done? Yeah. Cried about it. He just would have been like, you got lucky today, punk. I'm going to mm-hmm. beat the shit out of you next time, and then left. And he I'm wouldn't have be, yelled. I'm going to be cold and emotionally distant about this. Bye. I will take that any day yeah. over what we got. But that's all right. I, it's just something I'm going to have to deal with for the next million episodes, because guess what? It ain't going nowhere. But, yeah, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the best I can give it is, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, not every episode's going to knock it out of the park. Especially, like, right after we had an episode that did knock it out of the park. Yeah, so there's always going to be a bit of a letdown for that. And, like, I know that the episode that's coming up next week is also not, like, a huge action-y fighting episode. But there has to be some sort of a lull in between the emergency exit yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> See, I remember more about what happened in that episode than this episode. Because ep- I feel like that episode's at least kind of funny. <laughs> uh, it's It reminds me of the Room episode, like in season two or three, where they show off rooms. I love that episode. We're, we're nowhere close to that, but there's a fun... A glimpse ep- of things to come. <laughs> there's a fun episode that has to do with bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Not in a dirty way. We, yeah. Later. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the episode... I'm hard-pressed to find a plus ultra character of the week this week. I'm going to give it to Momo for being like, I know, I'm real smart, and I'm going to tell everybody why they're a bunch of Mm fuck-ups. Momo is one of my favorite characters. I love her. Big heart. Good job. She's got cool powers, too, that we haven't seen yet. We'll talk about those in a couple episodes, I think, because we get to see them Mm -hmm. more in the final arc. What about you? I will have to, again, there's not too much powering, but I'll give it to Todoroki. Um, just because um, he was able to completely knock everyone's socks off with it looked like using his power for a minute, if that. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. That is that is totally valid. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's totally valid. And uh, except that it feels like he didn't really have to go beyond. He no. might have had to <laughs> limit himself, yeah. if anything. He's like, oh, this is child's play for me. He kind of says that. Yeah, he's a he's a little harsh to the to everyone else. I feel he's like. a super dick for a while. Yeah, he. I mean, speaking of Sasuke before, he is the cold and emotionally distant character. And that's why I like him more. <laughs> but that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the episode. That's all she wrote. And I think this is gonna clock in in our shortest episode of season one. Yeah. Because not a whole lot happened. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you want to discuss how short this episode was or how Bakugo is a whiny crybaby, you can... I disagree with you. He has so many fans. He has all the fans. I know you all love him. And I know that our Twitter feed is just going to be a constant stream of just toxic, angry, I love this character. He is the greatest. I will never agree with you. And I'm probably not even going to argue with you about (laughs) it on Twitter because, frankly, I have other things to do with my life Mm -hmm. but come tell us about it follow (laughs) us on the show so you can know all the no's when we talk about cool things that are going on with the show uh or when like the new movie's coming out soon yeah yeah which will be neat i don't know if it's going to be coming out here in the u.s and if it's coming out in the u.s if it's going to be anywhere near us but Eventually, it'll hit streaming platforms. Yeah, it'll it'll end up somewhere where we can see it eventually. And mm-hmm. then at some point, we'll talk about it. I think yeah. we will probably do special episodes for the movies yeah. uh, at, at some point. But if you wanted to follow us on Twitter, that's at One For All Podcasts. You can also find us there directly as well. I'm at Engine. 
And I'm at Watch Nancy Tweet. Additionally, if you love the show, as always, we'd love for you to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show and is one of the easiest things that you can do to support us. Don't forget to check out Red and Black and Black and Blue by Nancy O'Toole Mazervier, available now on Amazon in both print and the ebook format if you're looking for some great hero fiction. And thank you, you guys, the ones who listen every week and argue with us on Twitter about Bakugo. We love you. You're great. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Richard DaCosta for our opening and ending credits because they're awesome and fantastic and he did a really wonderful job and we're so blessed to be able to use them on the show. And as always, a very special thank you to my wife and co-host Nancy for putting up with me while I drink coffee and record this podcast. And yawn a lot. I'm so tired. Like this entire episode has been interrupted with many, many yawns. Many yawns, but only one sigh. Yep. <laughs> during the Bakugo rant. Yeah. But we will see you next time, next week, for episode nine, which is called, Yeah, Just Do Your Best, Ida. You can tell what that episode's going to be like. It's all in the title. We'll see you then, folks. Thanks again. See you then. See you then.